Hello and welcome to the 21st installment of the SFFC podcast. My name is Thomas. And I'm Harry. And yeah, so today we will be talking about the game week just gone. Um, that would be 21. Yep. Uh, we'll be looking forward, we'll be looking at our updated watch list. We will be talking about some notable international absentees and potentially a transfer you may have heard about. And then we'll finally discuss some questions that we got asked on Twitter. But before we jump into it, we shall plug the Twitter, which you probably already know because that's how you most likely found our podcast, which is at sffantasy.com. And we would also like to shout out at xgdata, or xg underscore data even. He supplies us with the data for the xg tables, which we post after every single game week. So if you haven't already checked them out, go and do that. Thomas, how was your game week 21? Pretty crap. Oh, really? Tell me. So who were your transfers in? Who did you take out? I mean... What was your score and what is your overall rank? My transfers in were Maeda for um, the prolific Mikey Johnston. <laughs> and did I, I transferred out Aribo for Jota, who got me one point. Yeah, so, I mean, I was temp- very tempted to try and vice-captain Jota, but, like, decided against it just in case and vice vice captain Maeda instead so that's potentially that that is one of the only good things I did this week I had obviously so I had three non-playing players on my bench plus Rooney who also didn't play so I had four non-playing players I then had Freeman who got his assist but he played less than 60 minutes Uh, I had Legstons in goals who is Adam Legstons I have Bassey who conceded against um, Aberdeen, and then I had my captain Tav, who got his bonus points, but also got yellow cards, so he only got three points, so captained up to six. I had Boyle who got me two, Hedges who got me two, Jota who got me one, Nisbet who got me two, and Mullen who got me two, and then vice captain Maeda for twelve. So total point score was thirty-four minus four for the points hit. And your overall rank as a result. I'm going to guess a red arrow if you score 30 points. Really? Yeah, yeah um, 496. Fair enough. I mean, 496 is not I mean, it's close bad. enough to the top 1%, I think. You're hoping. I've got no idea how many people play in the game. Oh, but uh, there's still, what, if it's game week 21 just passed, there's still 17 game weeks to play. Yeah, so plenty of time to improve, but it sounds like you've got a number of, I mean, you said you've got Maeda in your team. And it sounds like you've got a number of fires that are needing stamped out in the next couple of game weeks. Um, yep. So we'll cover that, I guess, when it comes on to our plans for the transfers ahead of game week 22. But before then, I will go through my game week. So conversely, I had a reasonable game week. I made the what I consider to be the good game week threshold of 50 points. Um, like Thomas, I made two transfers. I took out, if my memory serves me correctly, um, a rebo for Yota. Um, who I thought was going to start, uh, considering he was your back to fitness, um, and you know one of Celtic's three best attackers, definitely the starter in that front three. I thought he'd be back in, but unfortunately not. And then I brought in McMullen for uh, Kyogo Furuhashi, who's out injured at the moment, um, just as a sort of fixture targeting play. 
to break down where the points came from, um, my goalkeeper Seagrist, zero points. I have been atrocious at picking goalkeepers this season. I had a fairly poor run with Jack Canick, and Seagrist has returned me the square root of nothing, more or less, since I brought him in on the wild card. Freeman, for a very surprising four points, um, he assisted the own goal after coming off the bench, so I was very happy to see that, and he probably survives in my team another game week as a result. Like Thomas Bassey for two and Captain Tav for six as a result of Aberdeen netting. Juranovic with a massive 16 points. I think that was a clean sheet, um, a goal. Penalty, bonus points. Any tackles? Yep, a one point for a tackle. Nice. Um, so very, very happy with that. And just, again, happy to have my reasons behind him bringing in bringing him in in my, my wild card compounded by the fact that we saw Ralston being dropped in the Celtic game um, with Taylor reintroduced at left back. Uh, my other notable point scorer for this game week was uh, a certain Regan Charles Cook who has quickly become my favourite fantasy football Scotland player this season. I think off the back of scoring 17 points this week, he's up to the third highest scoring midfielder in the game and at um, he currently is only 4.1 million so I would go ahead and make the bold assumption that I brought him in for a considerable amount less of that season as I've had him since game week 7. Definitely bargain of the season. Boyle for two, Spittle for two, as I mentioned, vice, as Thomas mentioned, vice-captain Yota for one, uh, McMullen two, Mullen two, and then uh, on my bench, uh, I've got Maynard Brewer for two, non-playing player zero, Nisbet two, McCart nothing. I think what has somewhat saved my like for me being into quadruple digits this season is my ability to pick captains and vice captains i think there's been only one game week out of the 21 that've been played where both missed yeah and there's there was that time where i got the 100 points and i think it was i'd captained Furhash and vice captain jota and they combined for like a total of 60 or 70 points yeah. and that's Pretty much the only thing that saved my season so far. <laughs> Captain, yeah, so interestingly enough, though, off the back of a 50-point score, I have not received a green arrow nor a red arrow. I find myself in 81st for the second week consecutively, which I don't know. Is that a fantasy football collector's item, maintaining the same game week rank two weeks in a row? Hmm, maybe. I'm going to give it to myself. I've okay. got a, I've got a goalkeeper attacking return, <laughs> and I have I've got my 100 point plus score, and I have got uh yeah two game weeks of the same rank. Um, I think it's probably best that we now press on to uh the results from game week 21. Thomas, do you want to start us off with Celtic versus Hibs, which saw Celtic take all three points, winning two nil two nil. Um, uh, as Japanese newcomers impressed. Sure. So, I mean, as Harry said, I mean, first of all, I think we I'll do this kind of as a timeline. First of all, Kevin Nisbet, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness me, watching him, like, it was harder to miss. He stood in front of the left post, the ball comes to him inside the six-yard box, and he hits off the right-hand side post. Like a, a thing that I personally hate is when someone goes, "Oh, I could do that," or "I could have played this game better than this person." Like they don't realize how good professionals are. My granny could have scored that, and she's dead. And but like this is the type of thing where he's three yards out in open goal. Yeah. I could have stood there and it hits off me and it goes in. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> anyways, yeah. then Celtic. I don't think straight away run up the other pitch, but not long after. My beautiful vice captain four point hit comes in with a goal in Days and Maeda, which was very nice to see. And then 
Harry will also be happy to see that Josip Juranovic, who is now back on pens, considering Celtic haven't had a penalty since Jakimakis missed, yeah. will probably also be very, very nice for Harry. Yeah, uh, I thought what was interesting about the game is there's no doubt Celtic deserve to come away um, winners, maybe fortunate to keep the clean sheet. Um, they record an expected goals of 1.95 if you subtract the penalty um, to Hibs's 0.73. Um, but what I did notice, and they had three big chances to Hibs as one, what I did notice is they dropped off somewhat in the second half. They were nowhere near as good in the second half as the first. And I wonder if that has something to do with A, Ange Postacoglu's playing style being very high intensity and his unwillingness to go to his squad. Uh, he will continue to rinse and reuse the same players, which could see them fatiguing in the second half. Yeah, I mean, half. Like you're seeing this. They've actually st- still got quite a few injuries out. I think one thing I was going to say before about Jota is that at the in the cup game he came on in the fiftieth minute, so there's a good chance that he comes like he starts the game week coming, but plays maybe sixty or seventy minutes to get him back to full fitness. Um, but yeah, I think outside of that sh- Nisbet shot, Hibbs didn't really threaten too much. I mean, I mean, you're right in saying that Celtic slowed down a lot, but I think that's just due to not much quality on the bench currently. You also wonder if that Juranovic penalty kind of killed off the game, so that might have been the sort of fact. I know Ange Postacoglu is playing and coaching Eve Foss's we don't stop, we don't stop, whatever the, the clip was that was released in pre-season. Um, but you have to feel that, you know... 20-odd games into the season from a league perspective. Um, far more than that if you include cup and European competition. Injury issues that have played Celtic all season, therefore they've had to rely on the same players over and over again. You do have to wonder if you think at the back of the minds of some of these players, or even just physically they're struggling, and that's what's causing them to drop off in the second half. Yep. I mean, I think you saw that against was it Annan? Like, I mean, they killed off the game and then it they didn't slow to stand still, but like, again, they there was not much point of them just putting the pedal to the metal, slowed it down a bit. I think before we go and pick out our players of the game, people we've got an eye on from a result like from their respective fantasy football, I think it's worth noting that um, Taylor was reintroduced to the side, which saw Juranovic shifting to his natural right-back position from where I thought he had a very good game, um, and Ralston dropping to the bench. Yeah, and I think that is potentially something we could see going forward. From here. I'm not. I'm not going to go ahead and say that I don't think Ralston plays in the league again, but at the moment, the safest pick from the you know attacking wing back wing backs is Juranovic yep. for sure because he can play both wing backs. But I I also feel that Taylor is now more likely to play than Ralston just due to the f- way that um. Postacoglu likes to play with his inverted wingbacks. It helps being a natural in that position. And playing Ralston means you then have to move, arguably, Celtic's best right back into a position that he's not 100% comfortable playing in. Juranovic is up to seventh amongst defenders for points. Really? Do you consider him a priority transfer in considering he's nailed in that Celtic back line and is on penalties? Yeah, potentially. I mean, how much is he? Four and a half to five million? 4.8 million. Yeah, so it is kind of expensive, but... Yeah. It, it, it's tough. 
is my is my answer. I think there is cheaper options out there, like Bassey. I mean, you've obviously got your Captain Tab, and then you can get Ramsey, who we will come on to speak about, who's back down to two million, and that's you already got three of your five defenders. But then, who else are you picking? I think Hearts. They can get clean sheets, but they don't exactly have an easy run of fixtures. True. You want, you're wanting in on that Celtic back line because of, they have the most clean sheets in the league, first and foremost, but also the lowest XG conceded per, per game. True. The problem with buying a defender is then you limit yourself to offensive assets like your Jotas, like your Miedas, like your Furuhashis, like your Rogic and whatnot. Fair enough. And then on top of that, he is already a pretty expensive defender, maybe third most expensive in the game. He'll be right up there. Um, maybe not quite third, but definitely there thereabouts. My only thing is, yes, you'll want to have at least two uh, Celtic attackers, but do you not think that Juranovic is going to score more points between now and the end of the season over, say, uh, Mieda? I mean, your two, I imagine, would field you would be taking would be Yota and Furuhashi when fit, and then what, days in Mieda over Juranovic? Mm, true. That is very true. The only problem with Juranovic is that if Celtic concede, I can't see him getting many points. Fair enough. You make a good point. What about the other side of the fixture, Thomas? Um, Hibs looked not bad. I mean, they started the brightest for sure. They definitely should have gone 1-0 up. Yep. And I think that miss sort of... I mean, we've sort of lambasted him already for it, but that... uh, some encapsulates Nisbet's performance this season thus far. Getting in good positions and uh, taking shots in the box, but not putting them on target. Yeah, I was listening to the terrace and they were like saying that after that shot, you didn't see him sort of like run back to try and win the ball back. His head just dropped. It's like a player who is completely bereft of confidence. So- yeah, I mean, I guess that sort of moves us on to our sort of players to pick out. I thought that Nisbet had a good enough game. He had three shots, hit, but put all of them off target, put one onto the post, um, but recorded a 0.6 expected goals. But that I feel like a vast, vast majority will have come from a shot within the six-yard box. Oh, definitely. That might have been all of it. Might, might have been more or less all of it. I also just think, considering the other fires I have in my team, Hibs away to Motherwell... I I think I'd happily hold him for Motherwell, Motherwell away in game week 22, then Livingston at home in game week 23, followed by Hearts at home and St. Mary at home. Like I I think, considering the other fires that, I need to be, that need to be put out, he's on his way out of my team in the near enough future, but not this week. Yeah, I'm in the same, but I've got other... I've got players who aren't playing that need to get sold before I sell a player who is... A team's pretty much sole striker. Another player that really caught my eye, and I think a lot of other people, um, is a certain Rio Hatate. So um, Maeda grabbed all the headlines, I think, for his goal in the first four minutes. Um, but from then on, it was definitely Hatate who had the better performance of the two. Um, took three shots, put one on target, and uh, made three key passes. And I actually uh, reached out to, uh, I think it's... At Duco James, isn't it? Yes, I'll just double-check that I've got his uh, Twitter handle correct. Just pull up there. Yeah, so at Duco James on Twitter, essentially asking him, what does he think of uh, Maeda, not Maeda, sorry, as Hatate as um, a fantasy football pick? So I asked him first and foremost about... Um, 
in a situation where in which everyone is fit, would Hatate be a starter? Be, be a starter. And for the second question, obviously an important consideration for fantasy football players is: Is he going to return in the final third? Does he see him scoring or assisting? And this was his answer. Um, he reckons that Hatate will be a first team pick, and thinks that Rogic, as opposed to Turnbull, um, starting place um, will be more vulnerable. Um, however, there will be no doubt there will be a degree of rotation as a result of the upcoming fixture congestion. I mean, if you look at the dates for you know game week 22, 23, 24, 25, and 26, that fixture crunch is what with cup games thrown in there, close to that of the December fixture crunch as we ran into the end of 2021. Um, so I think at 4 million, he's maybe worth a punt. But I wonder if you consider how... And is very willing to trust his uh, signed, uh, the players that he's brought in. We've seen that with Kyogo Furuhashi and Yota and, and Deza Maeda. So it'd be, I, I wouldn't surprise, be surprised to see the same with Hatate and at 4 million, he could be a bargain. Um, but there is a lot of, of now after signings, particularly the Riley signing, you've got McGregor who can play there, Rogic, the Turnbull. The problem with McGregor is that he's now out injured. That's true. But the, the Celtics midfield is far deeper than it was. Yes, correct. Um, As for output, he thinks he'll be relatively high on both. That would be assists and goals, given that his track record in Japan, along with playing for Celtic. Um, he's quite aggressive with his passing um, and takes lots of risks, which is something you want to hear from a fantasy football manager's perspective. Uh, and he was also one of the highest midfielders in the J League for with regards to rate of taking shots. Mm. So that's those three shots on targets. Yep. yep. So I think um, on the watch list, but he's not a priority transfer for me at the moment. Not yet, no. I would like to see a bit more of him. I think think that covers it for the first game we have talked about it for a wee bit there i guess the only thing we haven't covered is boil um but we're going to leave that for a bit later in the podcast where we're discussing 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 outgoing transfers as well as international absentees yeah aberdeen won rangers won uh with the ferguson penalty can cancelling out uh, the haggy opener uh as kent is sent walking for two bookings thomas what did you make of this game I think this is potentially the second time this season where you can say Rangers were were lucky to leave playing Aberdeen with one point. I would agree. I would agree. They came back from 2-0 down last time at Ibrox and again Aberdeen looked very, very much on top. Ken's red card potentially a bit soft. Should Hedges have had a penalty? Maybe. But if you want to listen to that type of thing, again, go and watch Sports Scene. Um, they've probably covered it more than enough. I just the second that like the get the highlights finished, I just skipped the next game. So I don't know what they've been talking about. <clears throat> but Rangers, I guess, did what champions do, and the second that happened, went up the other end and scored. Yeah, uh, I think I would agree with you somewhat. I have the expected goals for Aberdeen were was point eight four to Rangers point nine six, but again, that's non penalty. Yeah, uh, and I think if you consider the fact you know they did have that penalty as lo- uh, alongside other chances they created, I think one point was at least what Aberdeen deserved from that game, and it's it was quite pleasing to see. We both were very hot on Aberdeen and their as a whole and their assets heading into it. not necessarily this game week, but the run of fixtures they have coming up now. But even then, what we outlined Ramsey is a good player. He didn't keep a clean sheet and still scored six points. 
against Rangers. Um, so. Yeah, he, like he didn't even get a like he got no assists to the either. So like, yeah, six points for a player who didn't technically return is very very good. He did come off with an injury, but I had a wee look at that, and it turns out it was cramp, nothing too serious. However. Um, there obviously is a lot of uh, transfer speculation circulating him at the moment, but as we've both said in the pod, or at least this is a mistake I have learned from, is I'm not going to pay attention too much to transfer speculation until a player is either in or out the door. And the thing with, if you have a player that's transferred out, you get the free transfer for that player, so it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I would say he was quite quiet uh, in this game, but that's to be expected against a team as strong as Rangers, whether or not they're playing away from home. Um who caught your eye, Thomas, from a fantasy football perspective? Uh, for me, Teddy Jenks was actually looking... I mean, actually, sorry. I'll start again. Ryan Hedges looked very good. He was consistently getting in the box. Like, every time Aberdeen were in the Rangers' half, you pretty much saw him beelining it straight for Alan McGregor almost. Um, I think for when Teddy Jenks hit the post... He was in acres of space in the box, and you could you could argue maybe Jenks should have passed to him, but yeah. So those are those are the two players who I have highlighted for this. You have got a Yanis Hagi, but he got injured in his cup game. So whilst he had a decent game, I wouldn't say that you should be transferring in because I don't know how serious that injury is. I think he's going to be unavailable for this game. Nah, um, but I don't think it's as long term as was first feared. Oh really? I I I think yeah. Hedges has looked impressive for quite a while, um, and I think that Teddy Jenks is a great outside shout as well. Um, three shots, one on target, um, and one off the post, um, and made one key pass. And yeah, he was playing in a very very advanced position too. It's just a case of is he going to be able to nail down some minutes in that side? Uh, I'm trying to think who would have typically played in that number ten position if it wasn't him. I mean, haven't uh, uh, Aberdeen been playing with a sort of more of a? I guess they have been going for the four-two-three-one. Ramirez up top. Yep. Left uh, wing. So was... so yeah. So back four doesn't really matter. I mean, nah. you've got Ramsey, and then they have Brown and Ferguson sort of as deeper players. Yeah. Then you've got Ojo and Hedges as their wingers. Yeah. And then Teddy Jenks just in behind Ramirez. Yeah. But who, like, Jenks, I thought had his first start for a while in this game week. I thought there was someone else in the front. There's someone, Watkins, that was it. Watkins wasn't playing this game week. So if I'm not mistaken, it's usually uh, Ojo or Hedges out on the right and the other in the middle. Watkins on the left and uh, Ramirez through the middle. So I'm not so confident about his minutes, but yes, agreed. He had a very good, uh, a very solid performance, I thought. Um, a player that is completely flying under, I mean, I say completely flying under everybody's uh, radar. I'm not necessarily sure of his uh, percentage ownership, but at sixth amongst all midfielders for points scored this season is Lewis Ferguson, who popped up with uh, yet another penalty goal. Yeah, and he all season has been a very, very consistent scorer. Um, or with a couple of big hauls sort of pushing his his numbers up. I'm just going to go and pull up his ownership now. Yeah, a, a quarter of players own him. Um, so you wonder if that's folk who brought him in at the start and have stopped playing and he's still in teams. But I mean, if he's doing all right. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Because uh, he's someone that picks up those bonus points, tackle points, pass points, stuff like that. 
Well, if I go and look through his game week history, he's only returned one, two, three, four, five, six times across 21 games. Um, but particularly of late, has been collecting far more bonus points, including three fixtures where he received three, one, and two points. I mean, yeah, I can see here in his last six games, he's received, in five of those, he's received bonus points. So, yep. so you add to that, he can get a point for a clean sheet. Um, plus, he's getting those pass points very, very frequently as well. I think it was that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of his last eight, he's received one point for uh, for his you know eighty point uh, passes completed. Forty passes completed. Yes. Apologies. I mean, if he's completed eighty, that means he gets two points. Yes. So, um, yeah, someone who is very. Who so he, he's not someone that like is explosive, but he's someone who just he's slow and steady with his points. And as we said, following this fixture, Aberdeen have a very very favourable run that goes uh, Saint Mirren away, um, Saint Johnston at home, Ross County away, Livingston away. Um, so I, I definitely think I'll be maybe we'll discuss this a little bit more later, but I think I'll be focusing my transfers towards Aberdeen players. This game, week. yeah, I'm very tempted, very, very tempted. On the Rangers side of things, um, as you mentioned, Haggy went off injured, Kent is suspended, Arebo's away on international duty, Morelos has now been called up as well, which we'll go to speak on in a minute. Um, but yeah, um, kind of drying up for options at least over the next two to three game weeks from there. What do you up think? Up top, they've got Ruth, who's still like as a sec- second option. He's very, very good. Um, but I don't know what they're going to do about wingers. And the problem I'm having as well is is um, they, Rangers players, in my opinion at least, are one of the better shouts for captaincy this week with the game at home versus Livingston. Uh, so I guess that's something that we have to have a, have a think about. And I th- we'll be discussing transfers uh, later on in the podcast, but that was something that cropped up to me as well, having seen all these injuries and absentees. Um, yeah, it's like who comes in in, repla- in replacement of both in, in replacement of all four of Morelos, Kent, Hagi, and Aribo, like which four players? I mean, I suppose you've maybe got Arfield. Uh, unavailable last game week through injury, I thought. Oh, was he? Um, he might be back in time. Lundstrom has been getting some game time, but I don't know if he's really that like good enough, especially as a fantasy asset. Sakala or Wright might see a run of, of games as a result of absentee, uh, absentees. Yeah. But yeah, we'll have to see. <clears throat> Moving on. Hearts 2, St. Johnson 0, with uh, Janelli and Mackay linking up twice as uh, the Saints slide to their 8th consecutive league loss, 10 in all competitions. Yeah, I mean, Barry Mackay looks top class, but again, you can get Josh Janelli for a similar price and he would have got you more points. Now, this is the point that me and Harry have been making, is that... Um, as good a player Barry Mackay is, he's the type of player that won't score goals. So he'll get assists. And in this game week, if you had to pick between Josh Janelli and Barry Mackay, you should have picked Josh Janelli. True. But if you're going to look at minutes, uh, I think Janelli's minutes are far, uh, far below that. Like likelihood of minutes is far below that of Barry Mackay. I think Barry Mackay is their. I don't think it's well known that Barry Mackay is their best, uh, creative outlet. Um, by a long shot and in addition to this Janelli scored two goals from expected goals of only 0.8 so for the few people that did own him they should consider themselves I guess somewhat lucky that they were on him and um, but my goodness me when I, I so I you know like you Thomas I take match notes and I just have a look at them and the number of times Mackay's name pops up here 
Yeah. Very yeah. It's frequently. Very, yeah, very, very frequently. Uh, and his and he has some good numbers to go with that. So this game week, three shots and two on target. So maybe we could expect a little bit more attacking output coming forward. But five key passes, two assists and from one expected assist. I thought it was very impressive. True. I mean, he is now Hearts' third highest goal scorer, but he is also one of the most expensive midfielders. So, but yeah. I don't think Hearts have a particularly kind run at the moment either. Yeah. Um, Celtic at home, Motherwell at home, Hibs away, Rangers away. Um, but they do have a run, a fairly kind run starting game week 26. There, thereabouts, yeah. And that's when I'd be looking to target someone like a Barry Mackay. Yeah. I also think it's worth mentioning um, Craig Gordon, six saves, one clean sheet, eight points. Well established as the best goalkeeper in the in 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 the game. There's no debating that. And a statistic I thought was worth mentioning: only Tav has more double-digit holes this season than Gordon, who has had five. And at three million, when you're producing those kind of numbers, you think, sure, he's an expensive keeper, but that's a snip at three mil. No. So I'm not going to change my keeper in the very near future. But rest assured, uh, Craig Gordon will be in my side come game week 26 for the fixtures against Dundee at home, St. Johnson away, St. Mirren away. Fair enough. What did you think about Nadia Chichi's performance, Thomas? He is someone who I sort of, I guess, berated off podcast, but he is looking like St. Johnston's only chance of survival this season. He looked good against Hearts and he looked like pretty much the only player on the pitch for St. Jin- Johnston. St. Johnston's cup loss. Um, that looked like scoring. Yeah, like he, yeah, he is... Stevie May is no longer... Does he have a really premiership quality? And then, yeah, just... You look at the lineup and it's just lacking so much. Yeah. No, I think Jeff G had put in a fairly solid performance as well. And I actually think... I know St. Johnston are on a terrible, terrible run. They didn't play that badly against Hearts. Like the goal, like the two de- defenders cl- falling over each other en route to Barry Mackay, potentially producing assist of the season, um, is quite comical and has been widely sort of. I think that's the second viewed. time that's, Saint John- <laughs> that's happened to St. Johnston this season. But they recorded an expected goals of 1.29 to Hearts' 1.46, uh, and they created a big chance. So I think that maybe not in the short term with. Uh, St. Johnson's hot and cold fixtures would I be looking at one of their assets but um, I think maybe as a sort of clutch player who's going to turn up for a team like St. Johnson after the split it would be Nadia Chifchi yeah like much me and Harry were speaking about this off pod reminiscent of a Kyle Lafferty of Kilmarnock from last season absolutely anything else you'd like to cover with regards to the Hearts fixture Thomas uh, interesting I mean I don't know if this is fantasy football relevant interesting John Suter still played um, you think like he's their best up there for their best defender there's an argument true. that uh, is it Kingsley has a better sort of defensive output than him but you're not going to drop him no true um, actually with regards to fantasy football both Cochrane and Smith seemed to be getting in and around the box a lot still Yes, I thought so too. And again, when you're looking at the Hearts run starting game week 26, 
you're wanting on one of those. Yep. So I feel like Alex Cochran is one of those more explosive picks. I remember sitting on Smith and him just not returning whilst Cochran got like 50 points over the space of three game weeks. So yeah, something I'll be looking into. Okay, pressing on. Match four saw uh, Ross County uh, run out 3-1 winners versus Motherwell um, with uh, Regan Charles Cook scoring twice. Uh, and setting up their own goal. I have to say, though, somewhat an impressive overperformance from Ross County. If you remove the expected goal for the penalty, they recorded 0.53 and scored twice. If you remove, if you, as I said, if you don't include the penalty, whilst Motherwell recorded an expected goal of 0.92. I wonder if this, this is them reverting to the mean where they'll be overperforming. Because I remember for a large part of the season, they had been significantly underperforming. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily a reversion to the mean, but Ross County have been a good team for a wee while now, especially going forward. Yes, but I'm talking about at the start of the season when they were good going forward but just weren't scoring. Yes, yeah, potentially. They're starting to perform by and large their uh, underlying numbers and were possibly a bit fortunate this week. Um, Motherwell as well, I didn't think looked so bad. That just I think Graham Alexander said like the sending off instead of that giving them an opportunity to go and win the game. They sort of look soft. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the Motherwell players from a fantasy football perspective? Like, who did you like? only person I would argue is Kevin Van Veen. Yep. Yep. He's a player who is just a very, very good player for this like this league. Yeah, te- technically very proficient. Yep. Um, will he struggle without that what link up maybe me like again me and harry were discussing this off pod and he thinks that it'll make him more talismanic but he will now be reduced in service due to him now no longer having as good a partner there'll be more focus on him from the defensive team due to him being their only really strong offensive output instead of having two and he will also be able to or there'll be a lack of players he can give service to for assists. True. I would say a counter-argument to that, though, is I think it's an opportunity for players like Shields and uh, Willery to step up. Like They're two players that have performed very well this season so far with Watt and Van Veen grabbing all the titles, uh, the, the titles, the headlines. And in addition to that, with regards to service, again, I think I, I would somewhat agree. Tony Watt was fairly influential with regards to the link-up play uh, and goal scoring. Obviously, he's still top scorer in the league. Um, but Sean Goss from that midfield is having the season of his life. And I Very think true. that uh, particularly from set pieces, this, the, the set piece threat that Kevin Van Veen can provide, along with uh, Sean Goss's delivery, I think we'll st- still see uh, a number of attacking returns from the Dutchman. And not to forget, he's like four million pounds, like a very, very, he's less than Danny Mullen of Dundee. Very, true. very cheap attacking option who will now be sure receiving, receiving more attention from defensive players but also as I said maybe you can start pushing for that talismanic status as their out and out striker potentially it, just different ways of looking at it on the other side Regan Charles Cook and no one else from that Ross County team he just stands head and shoulders above anyone else not just in that team but in that price bracket arguably yeah but I mean, like, there's no one near him under 5 million. He's 4.1 million. Um, and I think when I picked him up, he was like 3.5, 3.6. Um, yeah. And Thomas, what did you think then? So him taking the penalty, you said that you thought that might not be him being the penalty, penalty taker. At that time, he had 
inverted commas, assisted the penalty, um, the penalty, the own goal, which Ross County admin had given to him. So do you think he picked up the ball to take that, thinking he might be on for a hat-trick, or do you think he's now penalty taker? I think it'll be that he's was thinking that he was getting his hat-trick, although none of the other stats websites. I mean, the Ross County admin's always going to say it's a Charles Cook goal, but clearly it wasn't. Um... Do I think he's on penalties? Nah, I think Callahan will still be on penalties. Well, Jordan White was on penalties. He missed one. Callahan has taken a few, a couple of penalties this season, and I'm sure he's missed. Regan Charles Cook buried his, so at least he'll now be more in the conversation. I would agree, but I don't. Callahan has been an established penalty taker for some time, so yeah. I, I don't understand why you would take him off it for the time being. My only, I guess the only reason I can think of would be as if Regan Charles Cook is in the hunt for a top scorer in the league. He is on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight goals, which only puts him one behind Tony Watt. So you could see him pushing for penalty taker status to keep himself in the mix. Potentially, yeah. Something I'd not thought about, actually. I guess it's all speculation and proof will only be in the next penalty. Yeah. but I guess if you didn't already own him, that's another potential reason you'd be looking to bring him in. Second to last fixture, I think, to cover before we move on. Um, Dundee United versus St. Mirren. Two teams struggling for form, I think, coming into this. Dundee United were on a five-game losing skid with uh, St. Mirren having not won since October. Um, St. Mirren came out as 2-1 winners. Um, as Dundee United slumps to this sixth consecutive defeat. What did you make of it, Thomas? Yeah, I mean, watching the game, you wouldn't have thought St Mirren hadn't won since October. You thought they played very well? Yes. Um, I mean, Jay Henderson's goal was very, very, very nice. Um, But I feel my, in inverted commas, man of the match would have gone to Kilty, who got his two assists. He also just looked very good, and I think he had a very good chance to score a goal as well. Yeah, St. Mirren have been a good attacking side this season. Um, They are sixth overall for expected goals, um, so higher than that of Ross County and Motherwell. Um, But where they've been let down, I think, has been defensively, and even in this fixture, they conceded 1.5 to expected goals, so I think they could consider themselves... There have been games where they've performed very well and potentially deserved all three points, but potentially could consider themselves lucky. In this instance, yeah, I mean they 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 have had a very very tough run of fixtures. Like I'm looking back at it, okay, yeah, they just lost to Saint Mirren, which isn't great. But then they lost to Hibs, lost to Rangers, lost to Livy, lost to Celtic, lost to Motherwell. Like those are five not easy teams. We've got three hard teams in there. Definitely. Do you see them turning around now? Dundee United are actually sitting in a run of reasonable fixtures. I mean, St. Mirren was one of those. Ross County at home is the next. Then a real sticky one with Celtic away, followed by Dundee away, St. Johnson away, Motherwell at home. I mean, I'm on to Dundee United players. Do you think it's a priority to move them on, considering the run of fixtures they have? Yeah, I mean, I'd maybe keep them for the Dundee and the St. Johnson fixtures and then just punt them after that. I think it's a good time to switch over in game week 26 to a Hearts yep. or Livingston defender, potentially. Yeah, 
Yeah, because they both have nice runs from then. So you're saying hold them till 26 and then maybe swap out for like a, a Gordon and a Cochrane maybe? Yeah. Yeah. What about St. Mirren? Brophy scored his first goal from since October. I was under the impression he was going to be out injured for, I mean, longer than he than he has been. Uh, but I guess that that goal puts him back on the radar somewhat. I just remember your strife at the start of the season. Like scored against, as I said, like yeah, Dundee had had a tough run, but he'd also scored against the Dundee side, a uh, Dundee United side, even that hadn't won in ages. So it's like, again, is it he was good or was he just made to look good? True. That's true. But I guess at striker, there are not... I mean, the thing that puts me off St. Mirren players, Aberdeen at home next, followed by a good fixture away to Dundee, but then Motherwell and Hibs, then St. John's and Livingston, then Hearts and Celtic. So the fixtures are very hot and cold. Yeah. And I think there's maybe just better runs that you could target. I mean, if he starts firing, then I, I don't think we should look past him. He has returned a number of goals in the start of the season before he got injured, but I mean, I'm probably same way inclined as you. Anything else worth dragging up about that fixture? I mean, Tony Watt came on for however many yes. minutes at the end, so if you... Oh, this is something maybe, is that the people who had three United players plus Tony Watt won't have got any points this week. True, hopefully they... That we're happen. aware of that. I mean, first of all, I can't imagine there's many folk with three Dundee United players plus Tony Watt. Did he impress you coming off the bench? I can't say I remember seeing much of him in the highlights. He was doing more to create, I thought, than score. He's almost set up Freeman for a goal. Uh, and did he not play the pass to Freeman that Freeman then drilled into the box, assisting yeah. the own goal? Yeah, I mean... I, yeah. I mean, he came on for Niskanen, who now joins the 59th Minute Club. My darling. <laughs> yeah, did I like... I mean, again, he was playing out on the left, which he was known to do to then cut in at Motherwell. So maybe Tam Courts had just been like, yeah, do the same thing. What I didn't understand is why... So Mark McNulty hadn't started a league game in like 117 days. The argument for not putting Tony Watt straight in is because he wouldn't have been like trained in the system that much. But at least he's been playing regular <laughs> football over that period. Like, I just can't make sense of that decision. You've He's on a fat contract, no doubt. You've paid money to bring him in. You're needing goals. You just like shove him in, surely. I'm looking at Mark Minaldi's heat map and the reddest part of his heat map's the centre circle. Yeah, you did, yeah. <laughs> I, I just thought it was a very strange decision and I would not be surprised if we saw Watt leading the line from here on out. Yep. Could be a good chance to bring in Niskanen. Don't know if I've ever mentioned him before. <laughs> I think, yeah, and then actually talking about what made me remember, uh, Freeman came on in the second half and had a very, very impressive performance. And I actually don't know why he hasn't just been playing more regularly. Mm -hmm. He's been a very good player from Dundee United, I thought. He uh, one shot and was on target from just outside the six-yard box, like between the 18 and 6-yard box. Um, recorded one assist and um, an expected assist of... No, expected goal of 0.4, um, nice. which is very, very yeah. good numbers for a, a fullback. And he is a fullback that likes to push in, so I'm hoping that his performance has cured one of my fires in my team and yeah. we'll see him start for the next fixture versus Ross County. I'd also like to point out that 0.4 XG came in the space of 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Final fixture, 
Don't have too many notes on this one. Um, so Livingston win 2-0 versus Dundee um, with Bruce Anderson netting twice, taking him up to, I think it's fifth for overall scorers in and uh, fifth or amongst uh, forwards in really? fantasy football Scotland. Yeah. I think that just shows how, how poor the forwards have been this season in fantasy football. I mean, you've got Tony Watt there and then Morelos, but then Nisbet has been rubbish. Trophy non-existent. Uh, Furuhashi is listed as a midfielder. You've got Bruce Anderson, who's scored how many goals? Seven, to be fair. I think he's taking along okay. Seven. Which is still only, I guess, one goal every three games. Um, at the moment, it's Tony Watt with 99, Morales 97. Oh, you've got um, Ramirez and Boyce. I'd forgotten about them. Too. 95. But the, has Boyce not been injured and then not starting as well for quite a bit? He got injured, came back, and then got injured again, didn't he? Yeah. And I wonder if after, like, considering how well uh, Hearts played versus uh, St. Johnson, will he start in the league game next? However, he did score in the cup from, from, from the spot. So it's something worth keeping on. But yeah, Bruce Anderson, 4.2 mil. Uh, only three points less than Liam Boyce. I honestly thought actually in this game uh, he could have had three or four goals oh absolutely um, his expected goals was only 0.9 I say only 0.9 that's still fairly solid six shots and four on target yeah on the watch list for me yeah speaking of let's move on then that's the fixtures covered um i there's a few additions and uh removals from the watch list this week so uh josip juranovic has been added um for thomas's sake off the back of a 16 point haul versus hibs he's the only defender that we have added this week um in midfield rio hatate of celtic has uh, has been added he's uh, currently four four million um he's starting and is playing in a somewhat attacking role Greg Kilty too, has been added um, from St. Mirren off the back of his two assists and 11-point haul versus Dundee United. And then in the forward position, um, you cannot ignore Bruce Anderson's two goals and 14 points versus uh, Dundee. And then Nadir Chifchi, as we've discussed already, eyes on him after a fairly solid performance against Hearts. Removals, uh, Ryan Porteous from Hibs. Um, first and foremost, he was suspended for that last game week there. Um, but we do think that the price bracket around about 2.73 million there are better options midfield tom rogic and uh has been removed as a result of being called up for world cup qualifiers but as we said we're going to discuss that in a second cal mcgregor um has ticked over nicely with regards to points um but i would probably prefer an attacking option because i more likely to captain them i would say and he's now injured yep Ross Callahan and Josef Hungbo I have removed. I am tripled up on Ross County already. And as we said, probably not looking past too far past Regan Charles Cook. And then the last person removed, um, Morelos, for the same reasons as Tom Rogic has been called up for the World Cup qualifiers. So I think now is a good time to move on to... Well, I feel like sort of our international absentees and transfers, our general discussion points and the questions coming in this week all tie up quite nicely. Um, so why don't you start us off with Boyle then? Yeah, so if you live under a rock, you won't know what's happened. But yeah, Martin Boyle has moved to Saudi Arabia for a lot of money. Life-changing money, apparently, so yep. fair enough. Um, so that then 
begs the question, who do you replace them with? I mean, it's first of all, it's worth noting, um, for those that aren't aware, the 37.5% of owners who own him, you now have an extra free transfer of him, as a result of him no longer being in the league. Correct. Um, and he was one of the most expensive players in the league, potentially only behind Aribo and Morelos. Yep. Um, and maybe Tav. I don't know how expensive Tav is. So, yeah, one of the most expensive players has now left and you get a free transfer. So if you want to move funds around, now would be a good time to do it. At Bolexio um, on Twitter, uh, I'm going to go and get up his, not his handle, but his name, Robbie, Robbie Dempsey um, asks, is Regan Charles, other than Regan Charles Cook, who is the best Boyle replacement? First of all, do you think Regan Charles Cook is his best replacement? Yes. Yeah. Uh, then second, someone who me and Harry again were discussing has been flying under radars is Liela Bada. Yeah. At 4.4 million, he is, I think it's Celtic's highest scoring midfielder and second highest scoring player after Anthony Ralston. Yeah, something like that. And like something I was surprised to hear is he's had 20 goal involvements this season in all competitions, which I think is kind of nuts. For staggering. S- for someone who I've not even really thought about owning, he is returning very often for someone who's also very, very cheap. Yeah, I think... Um, it's a little bit of a punt. I would agree that his minutes are somewhat up for what's well, not up for debate. I guess it's questionable whether or not he's going to play ninety minutes every game week. But you think of the players that are missing from Celtic across that front three. You think that he'll get in at right wing? Yeah, I mean, I think Forrest coming back to fitness is the only thing that makes me concerned. But do you not think he would be favoured over Forrest just because of his returns this season? Yes, potentially, but then Celtic have important league games coming up and the games are going to be coming thick and fast and Ange will have no choice but to start looking to rest players. Mm, very true, very true, very true. I like it as a shorter-term punt with um, Kyogo Furuhashi injured. Um, Dezen Maeda, who surprisingly, somewhat surprisingly, at least, has been called up to the Japan national side is another a point worth mentioning. Yep. I think I think Abada is a good shout. What about Lewis Ferguson and Ryan Hedges? They I mean, come into a fixture run of St. Mirren, St. Johnson, Ross County and Livingston over the next four. That's almost as plumb as it gets. Yeah, I mean I've got only, Hedges. Only, yeah, only get only play only team that you've not got in there is would be a Dundee. Yeah, I mean I've got Hedges in my team and I'm genuinely considering bringing in Ferguson just because he's on penalties and as we said, he's one of those players that just sort of ticks along nicely. Um Pressed up against a wall with a knife to your back. Who are you picking? Ferguson or Hedges? Hedges is 4.9 million. Ferguson is 5.2. Hedges then. Yeah? Yeah. He gets further for... I I know Ferguson is on penalties, but I just feel he gets further forward. Yeah. I would probably have to agree with you. Yeah, I think Hedges does it for me. And then where does Barry Mackay fit into all this? His run of fixtures isn't the kindest, and I probably wouldn't be bringing him in in game week 22 as Hearts take on Celtic, but he I would, could be somewhat talismanic, I guess. He's their main creative outlet. And if Boyce comes back into the team, you've got a reliable finisher up front. Yep, I would argue what you could do is you could bring in someone like Ferguson just now, and then when... Because I think Aberdeen's fixtures also swing at a similar point to Hearts's, but just in the opposite direction. Take Ferguson out and bring in Barry Mackay. 
Okay, and then I'm trying to think who else. What about a punt on a Rangers midfielder? Um, like say a Scott Wright, who I think is going to get increased playing time because um, I think Roof will play up front and through the middle. Sakala on the left hand side, well, in the absence of Morelos and Kent is suspended currently. Yanis Hage is injured, and that leaves who else to play at right wing? The, the only Scott problem, Wright, I think. The problem with that is it's very, very, very short term. As Kent's only suspended for one game. Yeah. Morelos is back in a couple of game weeks' time. And Haggy's injury isn't as bad as first thought. So it's like you'll maybe have him for two game weeks. So then, in that case, for Boyle replacements, inc- I mean, he. Um, you can include Ro- Ro- right. Rob- Robbie-, Robbie Dempsey says don't include Regan Charles Cook because he already owns him. But let's say, let's make a top three then for Boyle replacements specifically. Who are they in order? Charles Cook, Abada, and then I'm going to put in the same sort of Ferguson or Hedges. You can have both or one of them. For me, it's a similar somewhat. Um, I would say. Oh, actually, somebody we've not brought mentioned, Rio Hatate, maybe. At four million, yeah. But again, I wonder if that's kind of a short sighted transfer. You know, hopefully Kyogo Furuhashi is coming back to fitness. Yota has come back to fitness. Um, Forrest is coming back to fitness. I uh, not not Forrest, sorry. You, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm saying with regards to your attacking options, there are more. True. But he probably will be fairly nailed on in the absence of Cal McGregor, Tom Rogic, and Turnbull at the moment. And he's also only four and a half million. No, four. Oh, is it only four? Four million, yeah. Oh. Well, there you go. Someone, I, I, someone I'm considering. Yeah, I think top for me, Regan Charles Cook, you don't look past him. Um, he's in unbelievable form. He does have a tough run of fixtures in the short term. Um, you know, playing Rangers at home and Aberdeen at home in game week 23 and 24. Uh, but then it goes uh, Dundee away, Livingston home, Hibs away, St. Johnson home, Motherwell away, St. Merritt home. And I like that run for a Ross County player. So him first. Tied for second. I'll just call it Aberdeen midfielder. I think you have to target that run of fixtures, particularly from an attacking perspective. I think it's very kind. Uh, St. Marin are one of the poorer sides in the league for expected goals conceded overall. I'm just going to quickly sort the table in that manner. So they have conceded the second most expected goals on average. St. Johnston are third most. Um, Ross County fourth most. And then who else is there? Livingston. Ah, they're fairly solid. They're they're they are um fourth best for expected goals against across the season, but still I think that's a fixture that Aberdeen do well in. So it would be an Aberdeen midfielder second and then Byron Mackay just misses out because of the run of fixtures. I think you'd go for a Celtic mid, a badder, probably. Yeah. Okay, so we have alluded to this a number of times already, mentioning um, Maeda, Rogic and Morelos being unavailable as a result of being called up for their respective national sides and uh, for the World Cup qualifiers. It looks like they will all be unavailable game weeks 22 to 24. Yep. My understanding with regards to isolation rules is that as long as they are vaccinated and have their passports, they're not required to isolate. Yeah. Provided they test negative on a PCR. The the worry is, is that it's like they're all of them are going halfway around the world. Yes, that is so. True. They'll have even if they don't play, they'll have significant jet lag. I believe, and like flying for that long isn't great. No. So, um, Peter from at Fantasy Half or 
half hour fantasy podcast shout out. Um, with lots of managers losing players through injury, that would be Akilogo Furuhashi, that would be Ayanis Hage, that would be uh, Turnbull, and now I guess Kent through suspension and the international break. If you still had your wild card, would you use it this week? And uh, what would that talk us through it? I mean, like if for whatever reason you didn't do one of the three things where you didn't screw up your team at the start of the season, you didn't wild card at the uh, the blank, or didn't wild card at the double gaming, like, I mean, now is the best time to use I don't see any other time you would use it before you get your second one in 10 weeks' time. Yeah, in addition to... I mean, I think there's another game, double game week to come as a result of the Scottish Cup semi-finals. Maybe, yeah. Uh, but it won't be a massive one. I also question how many people still actually, like, active players still have their wild cards. If they didn't use it to fix their team in game week two or three, then they probably use it to navigate their way through the blank game week in, was it 15 or 16? Yeah. Or they use it, like myself and yourself, Thomas, to target that double. Regardless, if I had one, would I use it now? I feel like I can field a starting 11 and a player on the bench potentially and take a minus four or a minus eight as opposed to wild carding. And I think that if you, if you can get to a team you're happy with with a minus four or minus eight, I wouldn't use the wild card. If you're looking at 12, 16, then no brainer. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is when else are you going to use it? The, the To target that double around the Scottish Cup, I think. Yep. Fair enough. Who would be in your wild card, Thomas? Regan Charles Cook. Uh, <laughs> First name on the team sheet. Goalkeeper, I think. It's. Gordon. Would you have two playing keepers or would you no, just... No, just a one. Yeah. Gordon starts and then... Are we just going to do like a first 11 almost? I think we could sort of talk because you can still pick players from different price brackets and make it work out. So yep. um, off the top of my head, considering folk have around 65 million approximately, if you've been playing regularly and making your transfers, you'll have built team value. Yep. Who do you have across? So I'm, I'm with you there. Gordon Ingalls and a non-playing keeper supporting him. You're back five. Tav Bassey. Would I go Juranovic? Probably. And then maybe Freeman or Ramsey. Ramsey over Freeman, surely. Ramsey for at least for the next four games is nailed into my would be nailed into mine. Who is your fifth defender? I would I, I wanna say Freeman, but I just feel that as a result of Dundee losing, they must have been conceded. Dundee United. Dundee, yeah. yeah, Dundee United. You who else? I mean, let's go and have a look at our watch list. I think maybe uh, a Hearts defender you could maybe. rotate with, uh, you know, hold him now and you're you're prepared for uh, hit, uh, the game week. Hearts' is run of fixture starting in game week 26. Also, Aobali of Livingston. They yep. have been, you know, very, very solid with regards to expected goals against over the past few game weeks. So they are... Uh, overall, they are... They are the fourth best defence in the league when it comes to expected goals against. Um, oh, actually, there is an inaccuracy in our table. I think we have to update that. Let's see what it says when it says C3. Bear with one second, Thomas. Average C3. Yeah, they're, they're even better than I thought. Apologies there. They are... Actually, no. They're slightly further down in that case then. They are fifth overall. But nonetheless, fairly solid. And then AOBLI seems to me to be their uh, designated penalty taker. 
Yeah, because he took one in the cup. He did. He's taken one in the league a few game weeks ago. And Livingston's, I guess, just the run of fixtures is kind of brutal. Rangers away, Hibs away, St. Johnson at home, Aberdeen at home. Ross County away is a tough fixture from a defensive standpoint as well. So you've only got one really good defensive fixture in there. Yeah. Picking a fifth defender is hard. I would probably just go Hearts, Hearts defender. Yeah. Fair the primary issue I had when trying to build a draft here is who do you put in the midfield because Kent is unavailable so is Aribo Haggy's out injured Furuhashi's injured Turnbull is injured uh, what other big hitters are unavailable Forrest has hardly played yeah I mean Jota, Jota is probably the only big hitter nailed on Boyle has transferred away yeah. so I think Jota would be in Charles Cook, obviously. Charles Cook would be in. I wonder if you would go a Forest as a bit of a punt slash placeholder for a big hitter coming back from international duty or injury. Oh, just so you have those funds free, so you yeah. can then just be like, oh, okay, I've got the money. But then again, I think I'd rather have a bad over. I just have a bad and have the money sitting in the bank. Yep. And then probably Hedges. Yeah, Hedges or Ferguson. And, and then, then would you be tripled up on Hearts just now? I don't know if I would necessarily be. No, I think I, pr- I probably would have Hedges and Ferguson. Doubled up on the... Uh, yep. Okay, fair enough. So you wouldn't have Ramirez in your leading line? No. Would you have a non-playing player at striker? Yes. Me too. I've got a non-playing midfielder and I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't stand it. Yeah, me too. Oh, not, not me no, too. No, you've got a striker that's not playing. But I understand that. I mean, because there are... That, that's where all the points are being scored at in the moment, at least in my to my mind, is in yep. in the midfield. Up front, who would you have in that case then? Very slim pickings here. I At mean, you moment. could argue as a result of Celtic strikers being injured and away, you could put in big Cactus Jack. So you bring up a good point, or at least you segue nicely into another one of our questions. Uh, regular listener and questioner at Josh underscore footblog asks, is Jack Macus a decent pick? At only 6.3 million now, come down from the staggering 7.2 he was at the start of the season. He scored in the cup and looks pretty nailed on for the next few fixtures. Would you consider him? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because then what you could do is you could then switch to Maeda when he comes back because they're at a similar price. Yeah, I guess that would mean you would remove Anabada or Juranovic out of your team because then you would have four oh, Celtic players. I hadn't thought of that. But no, I think he is a, a decent option, but he just, let's be real here, not been very good for no. uh, Celtic. And they play in the old, they have a tough run of fixtures, do Celtic. Um, hearts away. Dundee United at home should be fairly straightforward, but Rangers, Motherwell and Aberdeen following that. And you're hoping in that time, you know, Maeda is back from international duty in game week 24-25. Hopefully, you know, Kuroga Furuhashi returns as a pick for us. And then who is your other striker, Thomas? What are Livingston's fixtures like? Yeah, uh, exactly. Like you see, that this is just not a necessarily opportune time to play the wild card, I don't think. I just don't think you can p- build a, a team that you really want. No, just because of all the big players being away. Because you, if you're wanting a wild card, you would want to be wild carding to bring in players like Morelos, Maeda, um, Aribo... Furuhashi, you'd want you'd be aiming to bring them in instead of building a team without them, because then you sort of lock yourself out of getting those players back in. This is relevant to the second part of uh, uh, Josh's question, who asked, "What would your advice be for someone like himself who owns Maeda Morelos, Kyogo, and the injured Sean Rooney? Is a minus eight too much? I mean, I'm in a position now where I'm considering at least a minus four. 
I'm I'm sitting on a minus eight, I think, just to sort of try and fix my team as much as possible. I think a lot of people will have that of four transfers available to them at that price of minus eight because you have Boyle who's unavailable, so you get the free transfer. You'll have your free transfer regardless. So, I guess the way to look at it as well is um, Aribo is not going to play, so he'd score you no points. Um, Maeda's going to not play or he might play this game week it depends if he's, de- if he's departed or not I'm not sure but let's say between game weeks 22 and 24 they don't play a minute same with Morella same with Kyogo same with you know, Sean Rooney's out injured just now Boyce won't play for you you're taking some of the points back just through them playing so a minus 4 would actually be a minus 2 because you're removing a player who's definitely getting no minutes for someone who's going to at least start you'd like to think so a minus f- mate it could be viewed as a minus four. So I don't think it's too expensive. I just pretend, wouldn't necessarily go over that much. No, I, I think minus eight is probably the limit that you want to get to. Yeah. So that's all more or less for the questions and discussion. I guess the only thing we haven't really touched on yet outside of our plans for our own teams would be captaincy and transfers. So... What do you think for captaincy, Thomas? Let's go and have a look at the fixtures for game week 22. So you've got Aberdeen away at St. Mirren, United host Ross County, and Celtic travel to Tanadice. You have the Hybies at Fair Park. You have Rangers hosting Livingston. Not Tanadice, Tyne Castle. Yep, don't know why I said that. Christ, sorry, Hamish. <laughs> and you have... St. Johnson's versus Dundee. So it's... Who do you captain? <laughs> I mean, like, I wouldn't... Yeah, just Charles Cook, I guess. I think the standout option, and it's so boring and predictable, um, Tavernier. At home versus <laughs> at home versus Livingston. Roof is playing again. I, rec- I reckon, sorry, at least Roof will be playing in game week 20. Uh, 22 if Moret sorry in 21 uh, sorry in, yeah in game week 22 actually no sorry I apologise I think that does mean that Morelos Maeda etc are away in game week 22 um, so yes. you'd assume that Roof starts up front or Sakala um, but I think Captain Tav is just the sort of nice safe pedestrian option not overthinking it too much I don't necessarily want to vice captain Celtic or Hearts players because uh Hearts are one of the best, outside of the old firm, the best side at home. I think, yeah, Vice-Captaincy or Regan Charles Cook wouldn't be a bad shout. Especially since they're coming up against the very, very out-of-form Dundee United. Yep. Um, I mean, when you're using the Vice-Captaincy, you're looking for someone that's going to score goals. So or keep a clean sheet. Or keep a clean sheet, that's very true. Captaincy is tab. I think vice captaincy. I I guess you can take a bit more of a punt. You could go vice captaincy on maybe yeah Ross County midfielder Rod, Regan Charles Cook. Let's be frank here. You could double up on the Rangers defence. CVC yeah. for Bassey. I mean, you could vice captain maybe Hedges or Ferguson. Yep, probably Hedges ahead of Ferguson. I would argue. That's where I. Yeah. Yeah. I think you don't look too far past Tav this week. Yep, and we've already sort of pretty much spoken in depth about with regards to the wild card and 
Josh's question, we sort of discussed transfers in that and who you'd bring in. So let's focus in though on your on our team specifically. What are your current transfer plans? So I have five players not playing. <laughs> yeah, six maybe. So I have Boyle, who's my free transfer. I've got Furuhashi. Uh, I've got Maeda, who's away. I've then got Clark and Rooney, who are also both injured. So, Boyle out is my first one. Furuhashi out is my second one. I would probably bring in Reagan, Charles Cook, and would I bring in Ferguson? Probably. Or would I bring in Ibarra? That's my real question. Celtic are playing Hearts. Aberdeen are playing same right now. Probably bring in Ferguson for the time being. And then I would probably transfer out either Rooney or Clark for Ramsey. You're saying he- Ferguson. I thought you picked Hedges over Ferguson. I've already got Hedges in my team. So you do. I'm not listening to you. Sorry, Thomas. Yeah, no, fair enough. So you'd be tripled up in Aberdeen for this wee run of four. Yeah, and then... By the time the international break is over, uh, you'll have players like Aribo. You'll have, hopefully, Furuhashi will be back from injury. Um, you'll also probably have Maeda back from international duty. And that's when you can sort of start like moving these players on that you don't really want in your team anymore. Okay, fair enough. So run that by me again. Is it Rooney out, Boyle out, and who, anyone else? Uh, no, so it was Harry Clark out because he's more expensive than Rooney. Okay. And then I would have Furuhashi and Boyle out. Okay. But just because Boyle's a free transfer and he's never going to play again. And obviously. that's a minus four? Yes, that's a minus four for Charles Cook, Ferguson and Ramsey all in. And does that give you a start in 11 you're happy enough with? Kind of. Like the only problem... Like I, I, ha- I don't have enough players to feel the starting 11... Because the players I'm already transferring out won't be playing. And then I'll still think I have one. If you were, how are you, how do you feel about taking a minus eight? I am tempted. Very, very Who tempted. would be on his way out? Maeda. Four. A would, punt on Cactus Jack. Big Cactus Jack. Would I take him out? Would I bring him in? Scored in the cup. I guess or, I could. Or a Kamar Roof. I guess Livingston, because he then becomes a very much a vice captaincy option on penalties, highest expected goals per ninety amongst strikers is in the league. Roof not injured. He's coming back from injury. Is he coming back? I guess you'd have to double check on that. Would but... he play sixty minutes though? Is the thing. I mean, who else is going to play up front? Maybe you see Sakala shifting in there, but then who takes his place at left wing? I think I would probably play it safe with Jack and Marcus because he's going to play ninety minutes. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not sure if I'd be taking a minus eight to bring in Cactus Jack, because that's the only thing. <laughs> but then the, the the next question is, who else do I bring in? Yeah, sticky. From a personal perspective, um, the Boyle transfer has come at a nice enough time. I had planned on taking... The initial plan had been to take out, Ra- take out McCart, bring in Ramsey, and then take out Nisbet for uh, Morelos. But Morelos, is, as we've discussed, has been called up and Boyle has been moved, so I sort of have to move him on, meaning that Nisbet survives another week in my team, which I'm happy enough with against a Motherwell side. So it looks like for me, at uh, my, at no cost at the moment, Ramsey in, 
for my cart still, but hedges in for Boyle. This does mean I have a whopping 6 million almost in my bank, 5.9 million uh, funds free. I am tempted to upgrade uh, a spittle, but there's no one for me to upgrade them to at the moment. And I think I'm going to wait for absentees to come back and the old firm to have passed before I start loading up on those players again. So I think I'm just going to make two transfers, Captain Tav, no hits, nice and boring. I figured out who my fourth transfer is. I'm going to transfer out Rooney for Juranovic. I think that makes sense. Yep. Instead of bringing in a striker who's only going to play two or three games. Yep. Because you, you, you'll be, you could hold Juranovic all the way up to the end of, up till the next wild card. Yep. So I think that's those are probably my four transfers: is Boyle, Furuhashi, Rooney, and uh, Clark out, and bring in Ferguson, Charles Cook, Juranovic, and Ramsey. Fixing all your problems. Well, not all of them. I've still got Danny Mullen in my team, and I've got Maeda, who's not going to be playing, but very close to being fixed. I still have I still have goalkeeper issues as well. Yeah. But at least for the time being, your team will be somewhat fixed. Yes. You have captaincy, vice captaincy options, um, and players that, realistically, you might want to keep for the longer term as well. If Ramsey sticks around and Hedges stick around at Aberdeen, you could see yourself holding onto them for a while. The same goes with Juranovic, you would hold in onto him for a while as well. Who else yeah. would you be? Regan Charles Cook has been one of the best fantasy football assets this season, and I back him to do well going forward. Also, just watch him get zero points over the next 10 games. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's probably a point that we can end on. Yeah. Anyway. Cheers for listening and good luck with the gaming coming up and we'll see you in the next episode. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at SFFantasyCom. Thank you very much, everyone, um, for sending us in those questions, promoting some good discussion. And yes, as Thomas said, we will see you in the next episode.